Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Hi, Stacey. Hello, hello, hi. How are you today? Good, I'm good. Good. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, if you're listening, I have Tracy Levesque with us today. And remind me where you're located. I want to say you're in Pennsylvania. My- yes. Yes. Close? The Pittsburgh area. No. <laughs> ah, I, I was so close. Where, where, where in Pennsylvania are you? Pennsylvania Philly. are you? Philly. See, I went mm-hmm. to the wrong P, the wrong side of the state. Okay. Right. It's so easy to get mixed up if you don't live there. I'm in Rochester, New York, mm-hmm. so my guess is we're experiencing similar weather. It's gotten cold and it's rainy slash yes. snowy right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, you're you have, you're colder, but like upstate New York's colder. But um, yeah, and, and it's, it's not it's still it's sunny outside, but it's still cold. Yeah, it's winter for sure, and it's it's December, so I don't know what I would expect anything else. Anyway, you have been a supporter of our podcast for a while and a sponsor. And I want to thank you so much for all of your support and interest in what we do. So it's exciting. It's exciting. to I mean, I I think we followed each other on Twitter for quite a while and that kind of thing, but it's nice Mm -hmm. to actually have a conversation with you, especially about things and topics that we're both passionate about, which is, you know, helping underserved and underrepresented groups. Um, Last, the last year in the work that I do, I've made a transition from talking about diversity Mm-hmm. Talking about inclusion, because, um, you know, uh, years ago, I was on the school board and I sat in a um, a session. And at, at the time, it was about um, the, the LGBTQ movement in schools, right, that people didn't have mm-hmm. to hide anymore. And that there is a movement of tolerance. And as somebody who has been in a privileged, other than the fact that I'm a woman, right, has been raised in a privileged society. Um, I had never thought about the fact that tolerance isn't enough, right? That nobody wants to be tolerated. And that's that's what they said in that session was like, do you want to be tolerated or do you want to be enjoyed for who you are, embraced and valued for who you are? And I made the the, like the leap at that point in time from, I don't want to just tolerate people. I want to be the person that helps. And then I start, we started talking about diversity and diversity is great. Well, but diversity for diversity's sake is not good. You want to include people. They should have a voice. They right. shouldn't be, you know, and, and with underrepresented mm. tech, it's all about not tokenizing people. And you and I, I, I talk- don't, I don't believe in diversity for diversity's sake exists exactly. unless the inclusion piece is missing. Yep. Like it, it, diversity for diversity's sake, meaning I am only hiring you know, non-white people, non-white, non-straight, everything else, male people because for diversity's sake, not because they're qualified, not because they're talented, not because, you know, the homogeny of my organization is actually worse for me, profit wise, Mm -hmm. productivity wise, problem solving wise, I'm at a disadvantage if I have a homogenous team. Right. So it's like, but for diverse, you know, so like, there's a lot of disadvantages to not having diverse workplace in addition to it being the wrong thing. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, So diversity for diversity's sake, I think is like something people say to get out of being diverse. Like why exactly diversity's sake Uh, when when they don't actually put the effort into improving and they're actually at a disadvantage if they're not diverse. Yeah. But somebody will feel 
that they've just been hired for diversity's sake if the inclusion piece is missing. Yes. If they yes. have, if they're not seen, if their ideas are not incorporated and listened to, if they have no autonomy, if they feel they're just there, there's no room for advancement, there's no mentors at the organization, then yeah, I do feel like I've been hired for, for diversity's yeah. sake. I'm going to leave, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, the, it's, it's the, the corporate equivalent of, I can't be racist. I have a black friend, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not, it's not okay. So you know, I've been growing up, you know, and, and realizing that what seemed like amazing at the time was never good enough and we could only mm-hmm. ever improve. And so it's okay. Um, Incremental improvement is okay. It's like, it, it is there's always more to learn. You know, I, I don't, I don't believe in beating yourself up. I mean, I can be embarrassed for myself, like at, at different parts of my life. And, I mean, can't we all for sure? Yeah. And how much I've learned, but at the same time, like, I don't, I don't think you should beat yourself up. I think like incremental improvement, you can always like get better at things. It's good. And and I think as long as you're moving in the right direction, it's good. I was just going to say that as long as the goal is always Mm -hmm. to be the best version of that and learning more always gets you further down that, that road of being the best that you can be, which is, you know, I'll tell you, honestly, having, uh, I have a daughter who is a biracial person and, Mm -hmm like having raised her up in a very white town, but then now watching her navigate, I have learned so much and she has become such a teacher to me. Um, and it's just been a good thing, right? So learning more is I, always I, can, I can relate. I was a biracial person growing up in a very white town, <laughs> suburban, like suburbs of Philadelphia. Like, yeah. Land. And no, I always nowhere. feel like I had no idea how much I disadvantaged her by not putting her in better, uh, you know, opportunities, but I didn't know better as a 23 year old Mm -hmm. mom, single mom, you know, and did the best I could, Mm -hmm. but luckily raised her enough to be so independent that she has found the places that make her happy and where she feels like she can do the the greatest work. So, yeah. So at least I got to be a little bit of a catalyst towards that. And I'm just loving how much I can learn from her. And when you, I think as, you know, I think, you know, as grownups, we find our communities, like, even if we didn't grow up in our communities, like we, you know, like you said, like you gave her that independence to go and find her people. So that's really cool. I think it's, you know, I feel like same way for me. Like I was, I grew up in a really rural area and I felt like somebody in jail just crossing the X's off like a calendar before I can get out of there, you know, and then I went to Philadelphia and never left. And I love cities and much prefer like, you know, the diversity of the city and queer community too. Like I couldn't survive. Well, okay. I live in, I still live in the same town I raised her in, mostly because this is where family is, this is where my house is, all of that kind of stuff. But I love that our WordPress community can get us into better areas okay. and, and meeting all those people. She could not, mm-hmm. she was like you, she could not wait till the day where she moved out of this town. She moved to Buffalo, which has a much more ethnically diverse um, community. Oh, I've been, and, I've been there, and, yeah. And the queer community. And like, you know, mm-hmm. she loves all of being, um, able to work in within those kinds of um, groups and environments and how all of her different worlds collide and different people and, and things that she does. And, and like I said, she's opened me up to so, such a bigger world. And I'm just grateful for that for sure. But awesome. one of the things we were talking about beforehand, also this all, of course, comes together <laughs> with is um, the idea of improvement and how that's going to happen. And I just I don't want to put words in your mouth. I, you said it so eloquently. I'm going to let you kind of talk about, I said, so what's a topic you want to talk about? And this is what you said. So go ahead and share with you, with us all. Sure. So my new, the newest thing that I'm really passionate about right now is financial independence. Um, 
like I, I gave a talk for the women of color and WordPress group. Um, and in doing my research, and I've always been a very like financially responsible person. I read uh, like Susie Orman's books um, and some other finance books when I was in my late twenties, early thirties. So I've always been a save for retirement, get out of debt, you know, all those really basic things. Um, but then in doing the research for the talk I was going to give for the Women of Color and WordPress group, I found, I found a whole other community called the FIRE community, which is Financial Independence Retire Early. Ooh. So the people that, so I'm a big Susie Orman fan. I've read all her books almost. Um, I listen to her podcast. I watch her show. And I really like followed what she had to say, which is a very financially conservative story of work until you're, you know, you can't work anymore, save for retirement, don't do anything risky, um, only do something if you can afford it. And, you know, you, you almost this kind of mindset that you can't retire early, like it's impossible mm-hmm. to retire early, because um, it's just too scary. You know, it's just like, it, I think she talks to an audience thinking that they're going to make bad decisions. Um, but then with the, the fire community, it's people who don't make bad decisions. It's people who've like learned, they've, they've fine-tuned, they've figured out like how much money they need to save, what percentage of the income they need to save um, to be able to retire early. And it just opened my eyes up to a whole other world. And within this world, there is a really great podcast community of marginalized people who have podcasts that are trying to improve generational wealth because of the wealth gap. The wealth gap in this country is obscene. And I've always been of the opinion, and especially as I've grown older and, you know, owning an agency, a WordPress agency, I'm like, you know what? It's like me being successful is what changes the world because I can, we cannot sit around and wait for the powers that be to become enlightened, um, you know, change the way they've been doing things for, you know, generations and suddenly say, hey, I'm going to give all these marginalized people positions of power in my, I'm going to turn over to power to, you know, to more diverse mm-hmm. folks, and we're going to change the world. That's not going to happen. Maybe it'll happen like 1% of, right? you know, in, in all those companies. But what we need to do as marginalized peoples, we need to be successful. We need to start growing generational wealth because, and that's how we change the world. That's how we make things better, you know, for better or for worse. It's like, but we just even the playing field and which is not even close to even right now. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I just got opened up to this whole new world. And so my, my, my passion right now is to educate people, especially marginalized people of how to grow wealth and how to make really good financial decisions so they can change the world. I think that's and, awesome. Yeah. We, um, our last podcast, we talked to, well, the last one we had was our thoughts on the state of the word, but the one before that, we talked to um, Josepha Hayden, who talked oh, a lot, cool. of, who talked about um, first generation, second generation, and, and the um, emphasis on especially second generation children to succeed that all of the hopes and dreams of a family who's migrated to the U.S. are planted mm-hmm. in that one person, right? Um, and the financial resources have gone to that same person. And I think that that really speaks a lot to this as well, right? So there's, whether you're second, second, whether you're second generation because you moved here or you're second generation mm-hmm. trying to climb out of 
a poverty situation or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think a lot of that, that financial independence uh, really comes into play there and, and accessing the right way to become, to bridge that wealth gap for sure. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of the people in the fire community, um, you know, they have podcasts and like, you know, create content. Um, they're first gen of immigrants. My mom yeah. immigrated, immigrated from the Philippines um, when she was 23. So I'm half first gen. Yeah. Um, and my dad's family, like my dad um, is from the Bronx, Jewish guy from the Bronx. His, his parents only ever like rented an apartment. So he grew up pretty, you know, modestly as well. My mom mm-hmm. grew up like super you know, modestly, but then my dad um, also. So they both come from like very modest upbringing and left, just left their families, did their own thing. And my mom, I started off my my talk um, with my mom because she just has a knack for the stock market. She just, she saw something about it on TV. She saw like an ad for, I don't know, some course on the stock market. Um, And then went to the library, found the course, taught it to herself, and started investing. That's and, amazing. Yeah. And she's just really got a, a mind <laughs> for it. <laughs> I mean, he's cr- crackling papers, <laughs> making noise over here. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm very lucky because I think a lot of, um, fight, you know, your, fight, your attitudes towards money mm-hmm. are influenced by how you were raised. So mm-hmm. if you were like my wife, she's the youngest of five. Her parents didn't have a lot of money. They never went out to like restaurants. They, and it was always kind of a lot of fear, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. fear that like, so she grew up with a lot of fear of money, fear of losing money, fear of not having enough, um, which still lives with her to this day. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> And uh, me, on the other hand, you know, because my mom was so good. My parents are both very frugal. So Mm -hmm. I learned to like not overdo it and not be like a show off with money. But my mom's also just so good with um, investing, not just in the stock market, but also in real estate and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. Just making really good, powerful money moves. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so that's so from her, I learned that money's not something to be afraid of. It's something that you need to make work for you. Right. So I didn't have those fears mm-hmm. that Mia has. Um, so I, I really lucked out in that department. So there's, there's so much that goes into like being yeah. financially independent. Right. And the, the idea of being risk averse or risk, <clears throat> you know, I don't know, pro risk or whatever. And, and yeah. where your tolerance level is on risk, mm-hmm. riskiness. Um, I think you know, I grew up in a household where we didn't talk about money. Like we didn't get allowances as kids. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we would, we went once a year, we went shopping for like a uh, school, school clothes and shoes and that kind of stuff. And, you know, if your sandals broke, we would go get another pair of sandals, that kind of stuff. We didn't have a lot, but we didn't lack for anything either. And nobody mm-hmm. ever talked about money. So like I grew up not even having a basic understanding of how to budget or how to do any of those things and had mm-hmm. to figure that out on my own. I think in this country, you either are, are kind of from one kind of family or the other. And if you mm-hmm. are raised in a family where money is a taboo subject, like I never knew how much money my dad made or how much money my mom made and had yeah. no concept of what our mortgage was or mm-hmm. you know, or any of those kinds of things. 
you really are disadvantaging people if you aren't having those kinds of conversations at an age appropriate level, of course, like you don't tell a two year old, you know, what the mortgage is. But I don't know. I, well, I mean, like with, with my kid now I'm, you know, I'm extra now. Um, but with my kid, every time he got a birthday check or anything, I'm like, okay, you're going to, or birthday money. I'm like, you're going to put this much in saving. You're going to yeah. donate this much and you can, and, and the rest, you can do whatever you want with, you can buy anything you want. Yeah. So just, and also like opening up a bank account, going to the bank, writing the deposit slip, bringing it up. Like we still do that. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. So I really, I'm like, as soon as you get a, a job with taxes taken out, you're opening up a Roth IRA. I showed him like projections of like, you know, saving this month, <laughs> this much uh, a year, like how much you, it could grow by the time you're 65. So like, I, you know, I'm, I'm maybe too much. Cause I think he tunes me out like 90% <laughs> of the time, but I'm trying to like raise him. Yeah. Like, Conscious. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Aware and educated about. Yeah. That's, and that's, I think that's finances. great. I do wish, you know, that like people, you know, you're never supposed to tell your salary to somebody else, for example, and especially within a company. And like, we're just raised that so much money talk is so taboo. Yeah. I wish it wasn't that way, because if it wasn't that mm-hmm. way, then women would be less fearful <clears throat> of advocating for themselves. If you knew mm-hmm. what other people are making and you knew that what your worth is, is in association with what other people are doing. And the same would be true for people in um, any marginalized group, right? We would be able to confidently speak about what we know right now we confidently speak about what we we speak maybe even not confidently but what we guess to be true because people are just never forthcoming with that kind of information right i mean you know it's also a lot of imposter syndrome and stuff like as an agent sure owner, like eh, are you know are we as successful as we should be like are you know and you're comparing yourself to other agencies um but the nice thing about the fire community is they put it all out there I love that. Um, they, yeah, it's like they talk about like, okay, this is how much, you know, we've, uh, the, what percentage of income, like we've been able to save for like, you know, the last year, like, and because it's like really, it's almost like the WordPress community and geeking out over like WordPress stuff and people just love to yeah. talk about it, talk about it. Same thing in the fire community. It's like, talk about like, how, you know, this is how much we saved and oh, I found this new investment vehicle that like, you know, you can put in pre-tax dollars, the blah, 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 you know, like, you know. That's awesome. Like, yeah, there's a lot of transparency there. And I really, I like that. I love it. Kind of like, mm-hmm. um, you cannot go anywhere right now without hearing about crypto and NFTs <laughs> and, and all of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> They're not afraid to talk about it. <laughs> we shouldn't be either. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you uh, drop a couple podcast names, if people are interested in learning a little bit more, like what's an, a resource or two or a book or something that they might turn to, to learn more about what you're talking about? Oh my gosh. Um, so my favorite podcast right now is called Journey to Launch by Jamila Safrant. Um, she started her podcast in 2017 and I am listening to each single one of her episodes from the beginning. I'm, up, I'm like halfway through. Um, I'm kind of scared to hear like the progression of COVID. We're still in the pre-COVID time, uh, but she is phenomenal. She got into the fire movement. She made a plan to, she made a six figure salary at a corporate job. She was commuting from Brooklyn to somewhere far away um, and hated her commute. She has three kids, her husband's teacher. Um, and you just knew, I just knew that she was going to be, no, she's going to be successful. Like I'm, I'm trying not to spoil myself for where she's at now, <laughs> but she, 
I do follow her on Instagram and she had a spot on the Today Show. And I'm like, oh, wow. I I know she's going to be successful. So she was just like a person with a podcast, you know, and she has such great interviews. You would, you would not know that she is not a professional interviewer. Like she has like Terry Gross levels of like, you know, interviews. She's so good at like, you know, feeling out like the right questions to ask her guests and stuff and she has such a huge you know diverse collection of guests i'm only halfway through the episodes and it's been really amazing so i number one would recommend her Um, a book is get good with money Mm -hmm. by tiffany aliche um that is just a great book that has all the basics that you need to know to you know to be financially independent and like have all your finances in order um, she doesn't get into fire as much, but she just has like really good basics, like step one, step two, step three, you know, and really great tips, budgeting tips, um, you know, saving for retirement, saving in general. So I would recommend her book. And I'm also a Susie Orman fan, you know, yeah. I love Susie Orman. Um, I also love her because she's now lesbian. There's not a lot of queer voices in that I've been able to find um, mm-hmm. in the fire community and financial independence and fin- finances in general, personal mm-hmm. finance. Um, but Susie Orman, she's the OG. She's been there forever. Um, now in her old age, like her and her wife just <laughs> are ridiculous on this podcast. Like they, they're so funny and also like, okay, that's enough. Like <laughs> We're not just in your living room with you, you know, um, but I, you know, I just like how out she is and, and how sometimes she's just, just talks like off the top of her head. However, I have come to realize that she lives on an Island with her wife um, and she is a little out of touch. I think at this point with the average person, I, I you know, we all know that yeah. she, well, I'm not all know, but she, you know, she didn't uh, become financially successful until like her forties. She grew up on the South side of Chicago. She loved to tell a story like over and over again. But at this point in time, I think she's a little out of touch. So. Great um, assault. <laughs> yeah. So, so exactly. So, so I like listening to other podcasts in addition to just hers, um, but right. her book, it's like seven steps to financial freedom. That would change my life. Wow. Um, okay. Back in when I was like 30, it changed the trajectory of my life completely. So I would recommend that good, that book. Excellent. I love when people can give solid resources and back it up with personal experiences. Like you have to read this kind of thing. Not like mm-hmm. it was like, um, it was the, the, the art of war. Like I, everybody always says, you have to read the art of war. You have to read the art of war. So I read the art of war. I said to somebody, Ooh, what did you think about this? They're like, Oh, I haven't read it. Well, how could you tell me to read it if you hadn't read it? Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Just, just one of those things you tell people, but you actually don't believe it kind of thing. But yeah, no, that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. What's sure. um, before I let you go, because we do try to keep these till you know, 20, 30 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. What's something that you are either looking forward to in 2022 or um, would like to see happen in the community or just, you know, tell me something that, that gives you hope for the coming year. Gosh, something gives me hope. Oh my God. You know, it's so tough. Cause like I felt very hopeful at the beginning of 2021 <laughs> you know, with vaccines and everything. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then like, oh gosh, like we're, we're, and that's not how things turn out at all. So I'm almost afraid to say anything that jinx it, <laughs> but you know, I'm a generally, I'm a generally optimistic person. 
I'm a person who looks on the bright side. Like, you know, even though the last two years were hard, um, we had a house fire too. And we we're finally oh out of our house. But yeah, we were out of our house for 16 months. Um, so, you know, it's just nice to be back in our house again. That has changed yeah. a lot now. Like sharing, a, sharing, we were in a little house, like a really small house. Um, mm-hmm. My wife and I and our teenage son, which is with one bathroom, and that is no fun for six no. months. Um, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I'm 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 looking forward to having a more you know normal life back in our yeah. house. I am hoping. Gosh, I don't know. Like I, I think now I don't see the pandemic as like okay, one day there's a cure and it's over. Right. I think it turns it's going to turn into something that we learn to live with. And, and it be, and maybe kind of from being as deadly and life-threatening, it turns into something like, like the flu. It's like the flu right. does kill a number of people every year, you get a flu shot every year and there's treatments for the flu. Right. So I think vaccines, treatment, and may, and maybe, maybe it weakens, mm-hmm. but doesn't go away completely. Uh, yeah. and we just learn to, to live with it. I think that's very I realistic. Mean, <laughs> I mean, the 19, 19- 20 flu like that right. wasn't with us forever like i'm looking forward forever. to the roaring 20s like bring me the more roaring 20s that's what i'm looking for that's what i want <laughs> it's time for us to re- to reboot that right so yeah absolutely well i can't thank you enough it's right before christmas right before the holidays taking some time um to talk to me today i really appreciate you and uh, great insights and um you know if you're not following tracy follow her wherever she is because she drops good uh good nuggets here and there. And and I just also appreciate your general positive attitude. So thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it's been great. Awesome. We'll see everybody on the next episode where we always say we never know what we're going to talk about, but it'll always be interesting. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) This episode was sponsored by the following companies. Ninja Forms. Ninja Forms is WordPress form building simplified. Build beautiful user-friendly forms that will make you feel like a professional web developer. No code required. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.